Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. You know, if I go into a retail mall, um, a shopping mall, and I want a personalized experience, I want to get personalized offers, I want somebody to greet me at the gate with my first name, but you just can't do that unless you've got data on the people that are parking. Welcome to Gigging, Everything in the Sharing Economy, and I'm your host, Mark Anthony Peterson. This is the podcast where CEOs, entrepreneurs, market makers, and market leaders come to discuss the future of the gig, sharing, and platform economies. And this episode is no exception. We have the CEO of Curb, Rob Brown, and we talk to him about parking and why it is the key to making smart cities work. But before we get into the interview, Let's hear from the sponsor of this episode, ShareMark. ShareMarket.com. It's kind of like having a researcher, a personal assistant, and that really cool, well-traveled, in-the-know best friend to help you build a life that's worth sharing. ShareMarket.com. Build it, experience it, and share it. And now, my interview with Rob Brown, CEO of Curve. Welcome back to the podcast. We have an extremely exciting show for you today. I was just talking with Mr. Rob Brown about all the videos that I've seen of him and his force of personality as we talk about Curb. And I'm hoping that I can do his personality justice and help bring some of that through in today's discussion. Let me tell you a little bit more about Rob Brown, the CEO of Curb. Uh, He is a graduate of Stratfordshire University, where he got a BA, honors, double major in economics and French. Ah, bonjour. Uh, He also has a career path where he was at TMG Consulting, uh, Executive Marketing Consulting, and he was also a keynote speaker. He was the global head of digital, Navitas uh, Limited, uh, and Marketplace Risk. He is on the board of advisors with a good friend of the show and co-host of our gigging segment, Eleanor Tucker. Mr. Rob Brown, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mark. It's, uh, it's great to be here. Um, dialing in from uh, sunny Sydney, Australia. Absolutely. Seven in the morning. So thank you for getting in and starting out early this morning with us on the podcast. It's a pleasure. I've told a little bit about your education and work background. Tell us a little bit more about you. Tell us how your life led to where you are right now, building a growing parking platform. 
So I've got a, um, I'm a bit of a mongrel, uh, I guess you would describe me. Uh, Mark, I don't really, I'm a, a global citizen. I don't really belong anywhere. I was born in, actually born here in Australia, um, uh, in Melbourne, but my parents left when I was five. They were both British. They took me back to the UK where I, uh, I grew up, did my university at, um, in the UK, and then I got the first plane out of there. I uh, went to live in Paris for, uh, for four years. From 21 to 25, had a great time over there, but uh, decided that 25, I wanted to leave while the going was good and uh, came, back to, uh, came back to Australia, this time to Sydney. Um, and that's where I've been ever since. But um, I, I probably spend, and typically over the last 20 odd years, have spent about sort of four to five months of every year um, doing business overseas. Um, I was in education. I was uh, educational marketing, international marketing, attracting international students uh, initially into Australia. And then uh, I was, uh, as you mentioned, global head of digital for a, uh, uh, a global uh, education group. So I was, uh, I was doing business in about 40 different countries. So I've always, always had a taste for, uh, for you know, the, the, the wonderful tapestry of, of international cultures and countries and, and, and travel. So I'm very, very used to sort of, you know, spending spending literally half my life these days on a plane um, internationally doing business. And, um, you know, the, so my background, I say marketing and education, but I've, I also used to do a lot of speaking around um, the change that was coming, the disruption that's coming to higher education. And I always did a lot of keynote speaking around that. And uh, I was very interested in the business models of Uber and Airbnb and, you know, that what they'd done to their respective industries, the hotel and taxi sectors. And I was sitting on the bus literally one day coming home in, 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 in sort of uh, rush hour traffic. Uh, it was gridlocked. And I was looking outside the window at just all these empty driveways. And I thought, there's an idea for a billion-dollar business. And, uh, and so that's really where Curb started, sort of the idea seed of an idea um, and then it, it sort of went from there and I, I, I got a co-founder who was working for me in my previous previous life he was the tech guy and we got going and so it's been we've been live coming up to four years now and it's been a, it's been a fantastic adventure obviously it's, you know had its ups and downs like every journey does um, but uh, we're now live in about 30 countries, just over 30 countries, um, over 100 cities today. But the, the platform is localized for um, 300 cities across 130 countries. So we're rolling out across the world. And uh, yeah, that's where we are today. It's very exciting. That is very exciting. Let's unpack that a little bit more. So you're sitting on a bus and you look out and see empty driveways and you say to yourself, these can be monetized individuals are wasting money or at least not monetizing those empty driveways and you wanted to build a platform to match people who were looking for spaces with people who had empty spaces that were left there because people didn't think they could make money off of them absolutely mark that is that is in the you know you you've, you've nailed it there i mean basically every city pretty much that i travel to around the world and i've i've probably been to 80 90 countries you know, the 200 odd countries in the world, I've been to almost half of them. And, and some of those countries I've been to 30, 40 times. And um, so I've traveled a lot and, and, and one consistent around the world is, is, is traffic in big cities and, 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 and the nightmare that is parking. And 
they reckon there was a study done in the US about a decade ago, um, which which reckons that the approximately 30% of vehicles that are in, in um, rush hour traffic in downtown are, are cruising for parking. And um, so, you know, parking is a problem that everybody can relate to. Unless you live in, you know, you know, there are a couple of weird cities that don't have a parking problem. Tokyo, the biggest city in the world, is probably one of them um, because parking is so expensive in downtown Tokyo that people don't go in in their cars generally. But, but apart from, you know, the odd outlier like that, most cities, whether, whether you're in Boston or Birmingham or, or, or Buenos Aires or, or Beijing, you've got just a chronic parking problem. And the irony is that, that there isn't enough, but there's a shortage of parking supply, of traditional parking supply, but there's actually a massive surplus of, of, of parking spaces. Every single car that you're that's that's around you in you know in, in, on a gridlocked highway and um, you know in, in LA or wherever or London wherever you are as freedom of parking space somewhere else and most cars spend you know 21 22 hours a day are parked somewhere and so what curb does is it unlocks those spaces now driveways are you know an obvious but you know you think about your local church you know it's got a car park that's only used half a day a week um, you think about the, the stadium that, you know, where you go to the game, that it's got a car park that's, that's, that's massive car park that's sitting empty, you know, six days, six and a half days a week normally. Even a hotel, um, you know, you go into a hotel car park at nine o'clock in the morning on a Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's empty and it's empty till five o'clock. So a lot of those car parks, you know, could be generating income for the for the for the landlord, and that's what so that's what Curb does. And there are just so many opportunities, whether it's a hospital or whether it's a hotel, or you know. Um, so so yeah, the the opportunity is huge, and it and it cuts across the developed world and the developing world. This is not a, you know, if you take a model like say Airbnb, Airbnb. I mean, it's a wonderful you know wonderful company. Um, Brian Chesky's done a fantastic job um, of leading that company, but it's pro it's mostly a developed world notion that you've got a spare room or a spare property. Um, I know they've got traction in, in you know in, in in many developing countries now, but it's really a you know the the the, the concept of having spare space um, that somebody else can sleep in is 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 anathema to most people in the world. But parking, you know. Um, you know, it, it, it cuts across the problem in the de developing world just as much as it is in the developed world. So that's the opportunity and that's what we're going after. So it's very much global, a global play. Let's dig down into how the app and the, and the business works because I know whenever I've traveled, finding that parking space at the right time uh, in yeah. the right place is also you know, part of the critical element of, of making it efficient and convenient. So how, how, how are you able to match up that spot that I need in downtown Manhattan uh, yeah. as I'm approaching Manhattan so that I make sure that it's a convenient walk to my meeting? Absolutely. So, so we have a number of features on the, uh, on the app that, that, that basically show you parking spaces around you. We've got turn-by-turn -turn navigation that, that takes you to the parking space once you've booked it. And we have two, two basic types of um, booking. There's instant book. So there are some, some parking spaces, for example, in a parking lot. 
you know, there'll be, there'll be, you know, you just book the space instantly and, uh, or you can book it as you drive in, you know, um, uh, and there are others, you know, more akin to the Airbnb model where people want to screen you before they, they, they give you access to their parking space. So a classic, classic one would be, I need a monthly parking space in a condominium, private condo. Um, and the, the owner of that space wants to vet me, just wants to check me out before they, uh, they, they, they click approve. Um, and once they click approve, it's paid. And then, and, and then I get instructions on how to access the property. Um, so there's two types, but to your point, Mark, we also have another feature which allows people to, um, uh, it's called parking, uh, uh, parking alerts. So I'm looking, I'm looking for a parking spot on Fifth Avenue and, you know, in, 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 in Manhattan um, on a particular block, I can basically put a parking alert into curb. So anytime that a parking, a new parking space becomes available there, I immediately get an alert. So, so we're working hard to, to get critical mass in, in cities, you know, in the big cities that we, we operate in, the key cities that we operate in. And that's obviously the challenge of, a, you know, a platform a marketplace. It's, it's balancing that supply and demand. But uh, the longer you're, you know, the longer you go, the easier it gets to, to, to get that balance right. But it's certainly hard as you, as you enter a new city because you've got to basically start from, from, from zero, zero spaces and zero um, brand presence. But that gets a little bit easier. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Easier for you because of what you described earlier. Your inventory is made up of a mixed bag of parking spots. Be yeah. it a, in a home or a residential facility like a condo all the way up to a, a church or, or or a stadium so you have a, a mixed bag of, of spots so kind of your chicken and egg problem is a, probably a little different than other platforms now on your site you mentioned that you have a, a p2p type business as well as a, a b2c type business can yeah. you talk us through that and and tell us if those segments are are drastically different from each other they are different from each other. The, the commonality mark is that they're, they're, they, all, they both involve parking, parking a vehicle. Um, the peer-to-peer um, model is, is, I guess, more of a, you know, a smart city, cities of tomorrow model, similar to what Airbnb and, and, and to an extent Uber's done. But, you know, I've got, a, I've got a space, somebody else could be renting it, so I list it on the platform. And it means also that, you know, most of the parking on curb is a 25 to 30% of the cost of a, of a, of a traditional parking space in a, in, a, in, a, in a commercial parking lot. So it's for drivers, it's a win because they get cheaper parking. Um, it's, it's kind of exclusive. You get your own little parking space in somebody's driveway or somebody's, you know, condo uh, rather than being in a cramped parking lot. And then for space owners, it's just a no-brainer. You know, I've got, why wouldn't I rent my space out if I live next to a public transport hub, train station, or a... So that's the, that's the, 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 the peer-to-peer, person-to-person side of the, of the business. And 
And what we find, Mark, is that is local governments, you know, if you look at, say, Uber and Airbnb, who've they've really disrupted and rattled the cage of the hotel industry and the taxi industry, and, you know, who, who used to work with local governments, city, you know, municipalities, and they've come in with their sort of trailblazers into, into a city, and, and, uh, and they've upset by their very nature a lot mm. of people. What we find with Curb is that with that peer-to-peer model, is that local governments open their arms to us because we're solving a problem for them. All governments, we found, all state municipalities, local local city governments, they all want to get cars and, and vehicles out of the city. That's their they, they want to reduce the volume of vehicles. And one of the one of the legacies of, of COVID, I think we'll talk about that in a in a minute, no doubt, but is that we've actually seen what a city, what what Manhattan's like without vehicles, what downtown Boston or, or LA is like without vehicles. And that's that sort of sparked the imagination. I think will accelerate that. So governments want to get cars out of the city. They can't just build parking, new, new parking lot next to the bus terminal, the train station. So the fact that Curb unlocks empty spaces around a transport hub, for example, for them on the edge of the city and encourages people to take public transport that's a, that's a big tick. So that's the peer-to-peer model. And we see as cities become smarter, that model will become more and more ubiquitous, more and more widespread. The, B, the, B to, the B2B or the B2B2C, the business-to-business um, part of the business, is, is for car park operators. So most car park operators are... I would say the parking industry, which is a massive industry globally, it's, it's, it's estimated to be between $500 billion and $1 trillion industry globally. I mean, in the US alone, it's over $100 billion. Um, but they're, they're operating in the, still operating in the 20th century. Um, it's very, we all know the friction associated with get, trying to get into a car parking lot, trying to get out. Tickets, gates, barriers, it's just like all these steps that really you don't need. And I always sort of talk about the, the parking industry being in exactly the same place as the taxi industry was a decade or 11, 12 years ago before Uber came in and showed the world that you can actually get from A to B without all the friction associated with the taxi and, you know, cash and credit cards and standing in line and hailing a cab and, and all that friction around, do I give the driver a tip and all that sort of stuff. So you know, and, and, and people feel safer in Anubo, especially it's the female portion of the, the population. They just feel safer. And so the, the parking industry is absolutely ripe for disruption. It's a, it's a broken model. Um, most of the operators work on very slim margins. There's a sort of a duopoly of, of um, parking hardware equipment makers that dominate the world that are sort of have got everybody over a barrel with a gun to their head. So what we do for, for parking operators is we, we allow them to, to use, use the platform to fill up their empty spaces. We've also got a little hardware device now that, that works with their gates. It costs, you know, it's a, it, it, it's a very low cost proprietary piece of hardware, which basically opens a gate as you drive up to it. So I drive up to a gate, it detects that Rob Brown's at the gate. I've got a parking booking and it, it basically, it opens the gate and, uh, and then charges me on exit if I, uh, if I owe any money. So that's the, that's the model. And uh, it means that parking lots can use our platform at a, a very, very low cost. It's, it's, it's no upfront cost for them to use Curb. 
but it gives them a digital mobile first booking system that they can uh, they can use. And I love that. That's why I wanted to really dig into this part of the discussion, because without having that type of service, I would imagine that these guys would have been early gatekeepers in trying to keep you out of the parking business. But with this service, you're now making visible the spots that they couldn't sell to an audience that really wanted to find it. They're just like putting diamonds underneath a mountain. You, you know you have value, but if no one knows how to get to it, it's just like not having it. You're making that value visible, making them a very powerful partner as opposed to an, a, a competitor or even a, a gatekeeper. Absolutely, absolutely, Mark. And, and um, it's, this is the, the sort of, I mean, if you, if you project forward to the future, let's say five years in, five to seven years in the future, just with, as with the airlines, you know, you don't want a different airline app, um, a, a different app for every airline on your phone. You just don't want it. You don't want 15 hotel apps on your phone. We, we tend to use four or five apps a day. That's it. And, and so you're gonna, there's going to be an aggregator app. Um, for parking that will get you into every type of parking lot and every type of parking space in your city. And, and that's all I want. I want one app. I don't want 15 apps. And so the industry hasn't yet really, the parking industry hasn't yet really seen this. And the opportunity for us is that we're coming in, we're not parking guys. So we're coming in with, we're attacking this problem from a completely different angle. And people want a mobile first, you know, it's all about data as well. And, and, you know, if I go into a retail mall, um, a shopping mall, and I want a personalized experience, I want to get personalized offers, I want somebody to greet me at the gate with my first name, but you just can't do that unless you've got data on the people that are parking. So the parking industry is trying to solve a problem, which is how to get a vehicle through the gate. And, and we're coming at it from a completely different angle because we're actually tracking the park up. So we know that Mark Peterson's at the gate. We know Mark Peterson's in the car park, in the parking lot. We know how many times Mark goes to the car park, you know, every month. We can give Mark a special offer and say, hey, Mark, you know, your, your parking's been paid for you today by Starbucks. You know, enjoy your, enjoy your time because we know who you are. And, and we can also, as I said, open the gate immediately. There's no need to touch a dirty pay machine anymore. There's no need to take a ticket with curb because you just drive in and drive out and you, you parked automatically, you, the gate opens automatically because you're a curb user. So we see, you know, we see huge opportunity in that. It, and we're not a competitor to the, the, parking, um, the, the parking lots. We, we're, we're just a, we're a, a technology solution that they can implement and they can implement for zero, zero dollars up front. It's just, um, you know, it's a low cost, very, very low cost opportunity. Uh, for, for car park operators. That device that you use for the parking lots, are you developing similar technology for residential applications so that you it's the have- same thing. Same thing? Yeah, same thing. It's a little box, sort of about, you know, it's, it's, it's the size of a, you know, smaller than a shoe box. And it, it fits basically, fits inside your gate or it works outside your gate. It opens a roller door as well. So in a residential complex, if you've got if you've got a condominium, for example, or a block of apartments with a parking, you know, with, with 20, 20 bays, 
and you need a way to open that gate, but you've got security concerns as well about you don't want to just let anybody in. The, the, the curb box is perfect for that. And um, as I say, it's, it's, it's something that we, we produce at very low cost. And it's got a little brain inside it, which talks to our server. And that's how we know that Mark Peterson is at the gate and uh, that Mark Peterson's left or Mark Peterson owes $4 for 60 and just charges you as you leave. So it's a very, very, it's a very neat little sort of trick, if you like, which closes the loop for us because accessing car parks was always the issue. And that's where other park, parking apps, um, you know, there are a couple in the US and they, they sort of get bogged down in integrations with the existing legacy systems. And we, we, we just can't scale fast enough if we're going to get bogged down um, in those kind of in, in, integrations, Mark. Yeah, so you just short circuit all of that and just go absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. To, where the, to where the friction is and absolutely. eliminate that friction. Take out steps, you know. Right. Um, you know, I don't want to. And and in a in a COVID world, you know, in a post COVID world, Mark, it's it's nobody wants to touch dirty machines. Nobody wants to be in that. You know, people want contactless parking, and so curb allows you. Literally, you don't even need to wind down your window. You just drive up to the car park, and either the gate opens automatically, or depending on the car park, you'll have a you'll have a. Um, a button just pop up on your home screen, just says open the gate as you drive up to it. So it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's very much a mobile first um, parking solution. Your technology, I would imagine, has gotten to the point where it has reached government, both federal and state level, when it comes to planning our future development in the cities, because this sort of technology eliminates the need for new parking when you can optimize existing parking. So have you, have you been involved with those types of discussions with city planners? Uh, many, many, Mark. We've got um, numerous discussions happening. I mean, the, the sort of municipal sort of city, city parking situation, I mean, here in Australia, you need, you know, for example, in the UK is no different. You need a parking permit, resident permit. You need, that's all, you know, you got to go to the city hall, fill out a form, stamp the form. They issue you a sticker for your car. All that can be, all that, that can be digitized um, through an app. Um, and so we see a massive opportunity there. We're in numerous discussions with um, with city planners. You know, the, the the other opportunity here, Mark, and and this is you know this is a timing thing, but with the world. The world moving towards smart cities, and Australia and the states are, are probably a little bit behind other parts of the world on this. This, you know, we love our cars. You go to, you know, cities like Paris or Milan, and even London today. I mean, the, you know, the electric cars, the share cars, they're mm-hmm. just you just you just pick one up, plug it in, and off you go. Uh, unplug it, and off you go, and then you drop it off somewhere on the other side of the city. So there's all this infrastructure in Asia, in particular, where I spend a lot of time is, is, is light years ahead in this front. I mean, the move to electric cars is as enormous, the incentive to, to give, up your, mm-hmm. give up the gasoline um, and, and switch to electric is huge. But so every- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every city wants to become smart. So Boston wants to be smarter than Beijing and, you know, London wants to be smarter than LA. But there's a lot of competition we find sort of in a race to become smart. So cities are looking in their smarts and every city has a smart city agenda. Some of them are, you know, and they're, they're very similar. They're the same themes, but smart parking is always one of the sort of 10 pillars of that agenda because parking is such a problem. So curb fits beautifully into that conversation. And, and, and even for a city, I mean, those parking meter, those, those things cost, you know, 15, 20, 15 to $25,000 a pop. They need to be maintained and the coins need to be emptied and they get vandalized. All those things can go away um, in, a, in a mobile first parking world where you, you know, you drive into a literally a virtual parking area with a geofence around it. And as you drive into it, welcomes you, you get a welcome message on your phone and a timer starts. And when you drive out, it stops. There's no, no friction. So um, that's the future. I as love that. I absolutely yeah. love that. And I'm sure cities do too, because what you just described is not only frictionless from an operational perspective, but in terms of the tax dollars they collect, it's also yeah. a lot less friction for them to get that money as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, even parking fines can be, you know, um, I mean, we see a future where parking fines go away because right. you don't, you won't need to find people because, you know, it, it's, it's, they're just automatically charged. Yeah, they're charged. They have their card or their payment things on, on record. So if they overstay, they, they just get part charged for what they, 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 they sort of, uh, how long they park. But um, where you do have fines still, that, that can automatically be, be charged. It's like you've overstayed two hours, 50, 54 uh, minutes. We've just charged $6.32 to your credit card, you know? Right, right. Um, Exactly. Yeah. You remove all those barriers and yeah. you're also going to reshape the, the, the bureaucracy because those people who were in those roles to manage those sorts of transactions now can be repurposed for other higher value items that the city needs to focus on. So yeah. this unlocks a tremendous amount of value in, in both you know, vertical and horizontal ways within, within, within local governments. Yeah. Now, I also notice that you're adding ancillary services on top of providing the parking space. What, what yeah, inspired that? Look, I think I think the reality is, to my point around, um, you you know, first of all, I don't want fifteen different parking apps on my phone. I just want one or two. Um, but parking parking is part of the mobility landscape, okay? Um, and the, the the mobility landscape of tomorrow, of today, but the mobility landscape of tomorrow, we see curb becoming a a mo you know, mobility platform offers multiple services other than just parking. And, and one of the reasons why we, we, we chose the name Curb was for its applications to other things. If you think about the Curb, you know, what happens curbside? I mean, there are, what, 8 billion people in the world, probably 5 billion of them come into contact with the Curb every single day. Mm -hmm. Now, people obviously park by the Curb, but they also charge cars by the Curb. They... 
They, you know, sell food by the curb. They pick up dry cleaning by the curb. They, you know, their laundry. They, they, there's all sorts of different things that, that are ancillary services. So we've, we see a massive opportunity there to start adding other services. We're going to be adding car wash, a, a service that you can pay for uh, when you make your clip. So I want my car cleaned as well as uh, parked. But there are other things as well. So we see a big opportunity, for example, in car sharing programs, the big problem that car share every single car sharing platform experiences is where to park the car i was talking to europe car in in paris a couple of years ago and they were saying to me you know we've got several thousand share cars across across europe but we don't have anywhere to park them parking it costs more to park the car than it does to to hire it um so and for a car sharing program to work, you've got to have a distributed network of parking spaces. If I have to get an Uber to go and pick up a share car, I might as well just stay in the Uber to my destination. There's no point. And we all, we all experience that friction with hire cars. Go mm-hmm. to an Avis or a, you know, um, you know, a budget sort of, uh, it's just it's, it, hire car. It's a nightmare because you've got to get a taxi cab there. You've got to get an Uber back or someone to pick you up. So I want to come out of my apartment building in, in, in the cities of tomorrow and I don't have a car anymore and I want to just be able to pick up a car, but I don't want to have to walk more than two blocks um, maximum. So I pull out the curb app and I can see there's a share car in the building next to me. It's ready to go. So I can just pick it up. I've got access instructions, drive it across the other side of Manhattan or wherever, wherever I am, and I can just park it in another curb space. I don't need to take it back to where I picked it up. So that distributed network really comes to, to life there. But it, it goes further than that. I mean, we're, we're thinking, you know, about parcels, you know, parcel delivery. If you think about, you know, Amazon bought, you know, purchased Whole Foods sort of two and a half, three years ago, not so much arguably for fruit and vegetables uh, distribution, although that was a, that, that, that's a big part of it, but for for distribution centers in some of the richest zip codes across uh, North America. That's what, that's what Amazon purchased. So you want to pick up a parcel. Amazon Prime needs to get a parcel to the person. That last mile problem, it solves by having all these distribution centers. Mm-hmm. So we will have, within five years, Curb will have millions of private distribution centers in cities right across the world where you'll be able to have parcel lockers and, and all that sort of stuff. So ancillary services and you know like oil change or car servicing yeah we believe they will happen in non-traditional parking lots uh, and those, that parking lot might be your your garage that somebody's using or your driveway that somebody's using today to park their car so yeah it's it's a it's there are lots of different pieces to the puzzle that will come to the fore over the next um, two, three years, uh, Mark, absolutely. Right, I mean, that just reinvents so many different services because if now my oil change business is a mobile business, the need for having a traditional shop disappears. I'm moving to where the demand is and I can set my schedule based on my availability. If I want eight hours, six hours, whatever it is, and I'll know exactly what my route is for that day. It could be optimized based on my location. So the way people are going to think about building their businesses and servicing these models gets really exciting because of the data visibility that you're going to be able to provide. Absolutely. And when you think about you know, you think about traditional uh, businesses like the motoring organizations, like the AAA there in the U.S. or the, 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 the you know, the Canadian Automobile Association. Uh, those 
you know, who, who built their business over the last century on, on sort of um, breakdown assistance, roadside assistance, um, you know, road safety, all that, that model becomes distributed because, you know, you look at, I mean, I need somebody to, to change a tire. Um, I just pull out my app now and, uh, and there's a service, there's a gig economy service. There are multiple platforms that will do it for me. You can do it on Waze now. They offer that service now. Um, so it becomes crowdsourced and it becomes, you know, it, it, that service becomes delivered by, by gig economy workers. And, and, and that, becomes, that becomes really, really, really interesting. And so, so Curb, Curb fits right in the middle of that, that sort of uh, that space, Mark. Yeah, no, I'm just sitting here imagining strip malls being the most valuable real estate in the city now because they have so many parking spots that can yeah. now become commerce centers because every spot can represent us not only a parking spot, but a, a commerce spot for a different ancillary service. Are people getting as excited as I am and going out and starting buying up parking spots to put on your platform? Look, I think, I think we're going to see, you know, as I said, uh, there are different, um, there are different attitudes towards sort of driving and vehicle ownership in different parts of the world. And, and, you know, the U S and Australia, as I say, I mean, we love our cars, you know, we don't want to give up our cars, et cetera, right. et cetera. But if you go to places like particularly Europe, I think Europe's really leading the way on this where they're being, you know, the younger generation, uh, you know, there was, there's a famous survey done, I think, across several European countries where they, the, the sort of younger generation were asked, car or smartphone, you have to choose. Why would, I, why would we have a car? It was just overwhelming, the logic of, like, why would we even own a car when we, own, we don't need it? It's just the thing that I need, you know, occasionally. So the, the, the notion of car ownership is going away um, in certain parts of the world. Um, in other parts of the world, particularly the developing world, the right to have your car as a status symbol is, is very much there and people are getting, you know, the second car. And, I mean, Beijing, you know, China, capital of China, there are 5,000 new cars a day on the roads in that city. Sao Paulo in Brazil, 4,000 new cars a day. So there's, you know, there's no shortage of people wanting vehicles. But I think the, 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 the concept of how you get from A to B and where you, what, what a parking space can be used for is really, really interesting. And I think that's going to, you know, we're going to see a, a, a big shift in, in some of that thinking. And, and, you know, the retail malls, I mean, they're, they're in their own existential sort of fight for survival um, uh, across the world because there are so many reasons not to go to the mall and they've got all this parking real estate, mm -hmm. but it can be turned into many other things and, uh, and many other services can be delivered in the parking lot. My mind just went straight there. Like there, there's an opportunity to reinvent that space into yeah. the, the, the open door, you know, outdoor malls essentially where services are delivered and picked up right there in those parking spots. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very, very exciting. W what happens when we get more autonomous vehicles? So I think the, 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 the autonomous vehicle timeframe, I think is going to be a lot longer than, uh, you know, Google's been trying to solve this problem for 12 years and it's still not really got any, any autonomous vehicles on mainstream sort of, you know, mainstream traffic. It's, it's, it's going to be a longer, a longer process. But the, the reality is, Mark, that autonomous vehicles still need to park somewhere. Okay, so they, 
you know, the notion that a vehicle is driving 24 seven, it's just not, it's not gonna happen. It's like airplanes, you know, they're, they're, they're supposed to be in the air more than they're on the, on, on the tarmac, but they still need to park somewhere. Um, so, and, and we also believe that curb will be very much part of that, that autonomous vehicle movement. If, if we get to a point in 10 years time where there are vehicles flying around the city, um, between, you know, above our sort of above our heads, they're going to need to park on ledges, you know, um, on the side of buildings um, or on roofs of buildings. Curb, curb plays in that space too. I mean, we park helicopters. We do. We don't just do cars. We do other vehicle types as well. So it's it's parking curbside wherever wherever there's a curb, and that curb might be on the side of a building. Uh, it might be, you know, might be, you know, on the top of a building. That, that there's potential to park a vehicle there. So. We're not, um, we're not worried about that, um, the, the, the autonomous vehicle thing. I think it's, it's going to take longer. I mean, ultimately, I think most vehicles will become autonomous, but the time frame is, you know, is it, it, going to play out over a much, much longer time, I think, than, than, than people imagine. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Now, you mentioned earlier that the pandemic has kind of sh- maybe accelerated the need for people to look at at your business model and to integrate it faster into kind of the mainstream parking operations. Can you unpack that a little bit more for us and and give us a sense for how much that has impacted your 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 business? Absolutely, Mark. I mean, I think I think the well, there are there are there are going to be some some numerous legacies of COVID. You know, we're going to look back. You know, our grand our grandchildren are going to say, "Were you really alive during COVID? Do you remember? Do you, will you tell me, you know, is it is it true? What, all that stuff." But I think what what COVID is has done, and will one of the legacies of COVID is that people are not going back to the office five days a week. It's not going to happen. The, the the genie is out of the bottle on that one, Mark. And and you know, people are people will go back to the the cities. They will go back to the office, but but, but not five days a week. And all the all the the companies that were the, the managers that were against work from home. I don't want Mary from work, working from home because I don't trust what she's going to be doing. I don't think she'll be as productive. Everyone's being forced into that situation. And, and it's just like, well, it just, there are some actually some benefits that there are some, you know, my work-life balance is better. You know, I don't have to sit on a dirty bus or a dirty train, you know. And I think the concept of taking a, a portable computer to an office in downtown to do work and then to bring that computer home will just seem absurd in, in, in a few years' time. So one of the impacts of this and one of the impacts we're already seeing with Curb is that people are, people have, the monthly parking thing has just gone away. It's just not a thing anymore. People, people don't want monthly. They want, they want to go in on a Monday, Tuesday this week. I'm going in Monday, Thursday next week. And I'm not going in at all the following week. I'm working from completely from home because my kids are on school holiday or whatever. So the need for parking spaces, just like the need for office spaces, do you need, really need two floors of that building for office space? The answer is going to be no. So do you need the 48 parking bays that are associated with that space? The answer is going to be no. So there's going to be, so landlords are going to need and parking operators are going to need flexibility. Very few parking operators are signing leases now. Um, it's like the notion of signing a three or five year lease is like, no, you know, we need a new model and we need a flexible model that can, we can dial up and dial down. So Curb, Curb is a great solution for that. And I think COVID will be very kind to Curb because of, because of that need for flexibility. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, 
you know, we've got a very hygiene sensitive public now. I mean, I know in the US and in Australia too, there's a big debate about wearing masks and do you wear a mask or don't you wear a mask out in the street? But in most countries around the world, particularly in places like Asia, you know, everyone just wears a mask. It's just, you know, and so you've got a very hygiene sensitive public. People don't want to touch dirty things. They don't want to touch the greasy buttons and ticket machines and credit card slots. So the need for contactless parking is going to be is absolutely huge. It's the buzzword now. We want contactless. And that's what Curb offers. Curb, literally, you don't even need to wind down your window. You just drive into the parking lot, the gate opens and drive out, gate opens and charges you in the background. So that will be another, that, that, that will accelerate. I think COVID will accelerate a lot of things. And if you look at where the investor, the investment community is putting their money and, and the shares that have, that have really benefited, really seen a big bump from COVID. I mean, going into COVID, if you look at the car industry, the auto industry, you had the biggest, it was the biggest auto manufacturer pre-COVID, sort of in, in, end of February, was Toyota, followed by Volkswagen, followed by Daimler, and then Tesla was fourth. Tesla is now worth more than all four of those, uh, all, all three of those combined, you know, in a, in a post-COVID world. It's just, so people are placing bets on that, the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, so I think we're seeing an acceleration probably of a decade, the, 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 the mindset will have accelerated. And that, that's the same for the smart city movement as well, Mark. Uh, people are just, governments now have got an opportunity to reclaim their cities. They've, nobody ever thought, you know, the, the, the traffic problem in Manhattan or Beijing or, or mm-hmm. wherever could be solved or L.A. But now we've seen what L.A. looks like empty with no, no vehicles. Mm-hmm. And that sparked a lot of imagination. And, and uh, maybe we could, you know, and I just don't think people are going to go back five days a week. It's just I think that 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 ship has sailed. And, uh, and, and I think that's a good thing. It's a good thing for the environment. It's a good thing for our cities and for that work-life balance. People will ne- still need to go into the city but not for the same reasons. So I think those are going to be the legacies of COVID, but from a parking perspective, parking operators and landlords, they need a more flexible, um, flexible solution because they, 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 there's going to be multi-use for those car parks. The, 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 the Monday to Friday commuters are not going to be using the, the parking lot in the same way that they did pre-COVID. It's um, because those commuters are only going in one or two days a week now. So. Have you seen a uh, an uptick in the number of delivery services looking to use Curb? I, I read an article maybe four or five years ago that said that UPS was one of the biggest revenue sources for the city of Atlanta just from paying parking tickets. And yeah. I, I don't know if that's still the case today, but given the the pandemic and the number of new delivery agents that have been activated, both from food delivery, grocery delivery, package and parcel delivery. Have you seen uh, be a mindset shift from those companies and those those operators to using the app to find convenient places to park their vehicles? We, we've seen a number of different things um, since, since COVID started. From a... I mean, obviously, parking parking revenue for nearly everyone dried to a trickle for the three months mid March to to sort of mid May, just because everyone was in lockdown. And uh, as I say, we've seen a shift to daily, um, daily from monthly. We haven't been as affected by the, um, the, the the delivery as probably the the, the councils and the the local city governments um, would have seen 
they would have seen some movement in those numbers from from your UPSs and your FedExs. I, but I think it's too early to tell, Mark, because a lot of parking was was free. You know, a lot of a lot of municipalities and city authorities just just basically stopped charging for parking during lockdown. And 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 the world, you know, there are still some big parts of the world which are still in pretty serious lockdowns. So, I mean, Melbourne, you know, in, in Australia is, is in, you know, stage four lockdown, has been for the last, you know, they're just shut off from the rest of Australia at the moment. So, and, and in those cases, parking's just free. If you're in the city, it's no, nobody's going to charge you or nobody's going to issue a ticket. So I think it's a little bit early to say, but what we are seeing, and, and, and I'm hearing this from the, the sort of flexi work players like WeWork and um, Regis, same thing is that we're seeing a, a migration out to the suburbs. So where parcel delivery and parking and congestion was, was, was downtown, rush hours, what, what we're seeing is that, that people are actually, people are working out in the suburbs. They're going out to the suburbs to do their work now. So they're going to a flexi work centre in a place that they would never normally have worked, but it's much closer to home. So parcel delivery is, is, is also going to those places. So there's, in many ways, there's less of a parking crunch point than there was pre-COVID because you don't have that same concentration of, of demand for parking spaces in downtown New York from nine till five or whatever. So I think that's, 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 that will be, again, one of the legacies is that there's, just, there's, a, there's a dispersion of workers across a broader spectrum of the city, which includes the uh, the suburbs, and that'll be a boom for certain suburbs that you know that, that weren't used to having so many people working in them before. Well, I got to tell you, I have learned a tremendous amount about Curb, and I, I, I'm really excited. I'm just thinking about all the different business opportunities that are going to emerge because you exist. Driving into a city, not knowing where a space is, even though there may be spaces, but making it convenient to me, letting them know that it is me and differentiating me from other drivers, that's going to create, like you say, trillions of dollars of value for everybody down the value chain. So this has been an extremely exciting conversation for me and I want to thank you for being on the podcast. It's absolutely a pleasure and the pleasure is mine, Mark, and uh, thank you for inviting me. And yeah, we're looking forward to the opportunities that will emerge from this new new world that we're, we're, all, we're all getting ready for. A lot of positives will, will, will come from the, the difficult year that, that 2020 has been for most people. Right. So how can our audience find about more about you and follow you? And also, how can they follow the business? The, the audience can follow, um, uh, follow Curb by visiting or they can download the app from the iOS app store or the, um, uh, the Android uh, Google Play store. So it's Curb, K-E-R-B. So it's the European spelling. And you can visit the Curb website on uh, www.curb, K-E-R-B, dot works, W-O-R-K-S, no dot com. Um, so that's, that's Kurt, but you can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on LinkedIn and you can follow me at Rob Brown tweets on Twitter. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really have enjoyed it and I can't wait for our audience to react to everything that we've discussed here today. Thank you very much, Mark. Wow. What a fascinating interview. I want to thank Rob Brown, CEO of Curve, for coming on the podcast and sharing his views on the future of parking 
and why parking is going to be critical for the success of smart cities. Before I give the rest of my closing remarks, let's hear from our sponsor, ShareMarket.com. ShareMarket.com. It's kind of like having a researcher, a personal assistant, and that really cool, well-traveled, in-the-know best friend to help you build a life that's worth sharing. ShareMarket.com. Build it, experience it, and share it. If you like this episode with Rob Brown, hit the subscribe button. Share it with your colleagues. Leave us some comments and hit that like button. All of those steps help us with those pesky algorithms and move us up in the rankings. Guess what's next on gigging everything in the sharing economy? I'm interviewing the founder and CEO of ShareMart.com. Yes, Gina Farish. And we had a fascinating conversation. She is going to reinvent how we think about value creation in the sharing economy. And I think you're going to love what she has to say. So hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. Guys, if you like gigging everything in the sharing economy, you may like one of my other podcasts, Gorillapreneur, The Art of Waging Small Business Warfare. You're a small business owner, a startup, or an entrepreneur? If you think you're a maverick, that might be the podcast for you. We're interviewing all the people who are disrupting their markets and taking on the corporate Goliaths. If you're a corporate executive and you're not quite ready yet to dip your toe in the entrepreneurial pool, but instead have your eyes set on the corner office, Career Coaching X's and O's might be the podcast for you. I have links to both shows in the show notes. Again, I want to thank Rob Brown, CEO of Curb, for coming on the podcast. You guys know what we say at the end of every podcast, disrupt or die. So get out there and start disrupting. Till next time, peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.